the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening. I'm Kyle Welch, and welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. We are here every night at this time on KKLA to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to lift up His name to the entire city of Los Angeles. No matter if you are listening tonight from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that tonight's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to all our listeners. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Micah. Micah. Today is Micah 5 and we're going to look again at Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at four different words. When you think of Christmas and the meaning of Christmas, the purpose of Christmas, there are four words that I want to highlight. Today's song is O Little Town of Bethlehem. And in your notes, here's the first word that I want to get over into your heart today, and it's the word culmination. And I actually have the definition for you in your notes, if you look in your bulletin in the, in that, on that uh, outline. The word culmination means the highest or the climactic point of something, especially as attained after a long period of time. Culmination. Now, usually whenever we think of Christmas, we think of a moment in time. We think of that moment when Jesus arrived as a baby. But today, I want to draw your attention that Christmas is more than just a baby being born, that one moment. I want you to see that it was from the very beginning of time that scriptures had pointed to a moment when God would fulfill all of the Old Testament prophecies and all of the Old Testament scriptures concerning that one day he, God, would send a Messiah to and for the nation of Israel. Literally, for thousands and thousands of years, Israel had been looking for the Messiah. They had been waiting for this moment that the Messiah would arrive, the fulfillment of the Old Testament Scriptures. Now, we don't like to wait on anything today, right? I read this week that the average person will wait about 26 seconds before you will shh somebody who's talking at the movie theater. I read this week that we'll wait 27 seconds when someone gets up from a seat and they walk away before we'll sit in that seat. I heard that we will wait 45 seconds to tell someone to keep it down who's talking too loud on their cell phone. I also read this week that we'll wait about 2.3 seconds 
before we honk the horn at the car in front of us that is stopped at a green light. Some of you like 1.2 seconds. Israel had been waiting thousands of years for the Messiah to arrive. And on that first Christmas night, when Jesus was born and he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, it was the culmination and the fulfillment of all the Old Testament scriptures. And that when the Messiah came, this is important, that he came not only for every Jewish person, And if you're Jewish here today, Jesus came for you, but he came not only for the Jewish person, he came for every Gentile. And if you're not Jewish, you're Gentile. And you should say amen to that. It was by definition the culmination of what God had planned from the very beginning of time. The Messiah had finally arrived. Now the song this week is Old Little Town of Bethlehem. It was written by a man who was at one time perhaps the most famous preacher in America in the 1800s. A man who actually spoke at the funeral of our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. His name was Phillips Brooks. He had an S on the end of his first name and an S at the end of his last name. You know he struggled with that his whole life trying to explain that to people. But I want you to write this down. Phillips Brooks, a preacher in 1861, became the pastor of what we know the Holy Trinity Church in Philadelphia, ministering to a congregation throughout the bloody years of the Civil War. Now, when were the dates of the Civil War? From 1861 to 1865, The bloodiest war where 620,000 Americans died either in combat or by disease or accident in the midst of the Civil War. 620,000 soldiers died. Usually it was brother fighting against brother. And this man was pastoring during the Civil War at one of the largest churches in America. By the year 1863, which is in the middle of the Civil War, the nation was reeling. Think about it. Everyone knew of someone who had been killed or gravely injured. They say that scores of women in the church wore black as they mourned the loss of a husband, a brother, or a son. While the preacher, Phillips Brooks, tried to fight it, dark depression fell over the congregation as well as himself. Brooks was severely taxed each time he stood in front of his congregation. I can't even imagine. People desperately wanted the war to end. Yet even though each week Phillips Brooks made a valiant effort to encourage his flock he could not give them what they needed most, which was peace. Now, when the war finally ended, the visibly fatigued preacher thought that the sweetness of life would return to his flock. Yet the pain only intensified when our nation's president, Abraham Lincoln, was assassinated 
on April 15th, 1865. Brooks, because of his reputation as an orator, was asked to speak at Lincoln's funeral. Digging deep through his own despair, he found the words that fit the moment. Soon after, he himself, Phillips Brooks, void of energy, he felt exhausted. And I can only imagine, he attempted to take a much-needed sabbatical. And so later that year, in the fall of 1865, he left the pulpit to make a journey, write this down, to visit the Holy Land. Now today, if you go to the Holy Land, it takes 10 days. You get on a plane, there's a flight that leaves from LAX that lands in Tel Aviv. You tour Israel, you're back in 10 days. But back in the 1800s, they did not have modern transportation. And so if you took a visit to the Holy Land, it could take you six months to get there, to travel throughout Israel, and to get back home. Some people, it would take you a year to get over there and to get back. So at the end of the Civil War, he decides he's going to go and visit the Holy Land. And so he travels to Israel. Jerusalem at the time only had 15,000 inhabitants. 15,000 people lived in Jerusalem. And on December 24th, Christmas Eve, the year 1865, Phillips Brooks gets on a horse and travels from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to see the place where Jesus was born. And at dusk, a sudden sense of awe fell over Brooks under a clear sky as the first stars just began to emerge. He rode this horse through the Judean hillside into the still, tiny, and remote village called Bethlehem. And the great speaker, the great orator, was all but speechless as he considered the truth that the heavenly king of all the ages was born in such modest surroundings. And there on the streets, almost unchanged since biblical times, Brooks felt as if he were surrounded by the spirit of the first Christmas. Later, when he was reflecting upon that trip, he wrote in 1868, he wrote the poem, which was turned into a Christmas carol that the world has been singing for the last 150 years. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above the deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary, And gathered all above while mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wondering love. O morning stars, together proclaim the holy birth and praises sing to God the King and peace to men on earth. See, it's almost tied to the Civil War when he saw nothing but peace. And he knows that it comes from the Christ of Bethlehem. The last verse says, O holy child of what city? Bethlehem. Descend to us, we pray. Cast out 
our sin and enter in. Be born to us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, Oh, come to us. Abide with us. Our Lord Emmanuel. Written by Phillips Brooks, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Now, whenever I think of Bethlehem, I'm reminded, and I want you to be reminded. Everybody say Bethlehem. Bethlehem. When you hear Bethlehem, I want you to think back to biblical prophecy that prophesied or pre-told the first coming of Jesus Christ. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the Christmas story ever happened, God prophesied and predicted that one day the Messiah would come. We know that all the way back in Genesis chapter 19, that's the first book in the Bible. Genesis 19 verse 10, it was prophesied that one day the Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah. We know that from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, that it was prophesied that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. We know from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it was prophesied that when the Messiah arrived, that his name, that he would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And what does Micah chapter 5 prophesy about the coming Messiah? Well, if you look at your Bibles in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, and I want you to remember this whenever you think about Bethlehem, that it was prophesied in in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Here it is. But you, what's the name of the city? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Ephrathah. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you, Bethlehem, will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And then we learn in verse 4, he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they, Israel, will live securely for then his, God's greatness, will reach where? To the ends of the entire earth. And look at verse 5, it says, and he, the Messiah will be our what? Our peace. And so we learn all the way back in Micah chapter 5 that we learn the Messiah is going to come from the tribe of Judah, particularly this little tiny town called Bethlehem. And from this little tiny town will come the Savior of the world and that this salvation and this peace, although it starts in Bethlehem, will reach to the far corners of this earth. It's prophesied in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, and 700 years later, it happened exactly as it was prophesied because Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 says that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, the culmination of God's plan to redeem the world, and that is what Christmas is all about. And my question to you this Christmas is, do you see it? Do you realize that this event is the culmination of God's plan throughout the years? 
Or have you missed it? You know, for thousands of people, they were waiting on the Messiah. And there's always people, and I ask this question, when he arrived, there were some people that missed it altogether. You say, well, how did they miss it? I mean, Jesus can be standing right next to you and you can't see him. He, he finally arrived. They'd been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally he's there, and they missed it. How did they miss it? Well, same way we miss it. We're too busy. We're too preoccupied. Some of us have grown weary and waiting. We think it's never going to happen. But they missed it. And my question to you, have you missed it? Have you forgotten what Christmas is really all about? The Bible tells us a story of a man who did not miss it. He, he understood that this was the culmination of God's plan. His name was Simeon. Everybody say Simeon. Look at Luke chapter 2. I want to read through this story. Luke chapter 2, and I'll make a few quick points. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was, what's the word? He was waiting. He did not want to miss it. And what was he waiting for? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he, Simeon, would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went where? Into the where? Into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom of the law required, Simeon, what did he do? He took him. Now, you know, I got my little grandson Little, little Jace, have you seen little Jace? You've seen him? And, and people come up and just take him out of our hands. And we're like, what are you doing? Can you imagine Mary and Joseph? They, this is their first child. And you know parents are very protective with their first child. Fourth one, they don't care. Take him, take him, take him. Keep him as long as you want. Yeah, as long as you want. They walk into the temple courts. It's crowded. And this man named Simeon comes up, and the Bible says Simeon just took him in his arms. And don't forget, he was waiting for the consolation of, 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 of Israel. He was waiting for the one who would fulfill all the Old Testament scriptures. He was waiting for the Messiah. And the Bible says that Simeon just took him in his arms, and he praised God, saying, verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Verse 30, for my eyes have finally seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people of Israel. Again, the Messiah was for both Jew and Gentile. I want to make four points and make them quickly. Number one, write this down. Those who are looking for Jesus, you'll find Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're Simeon 2,000 years ago and you're in a crowded temple full of people or if you're Phillips Brooks in 1865 riding a horse on Christmas Eve into Bethlehem or if it's 2,000 years later and you're sitting at Shepherd Church at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. 
If you're here and you're looking for Jesus, you'll find Jesus. Verse 25 says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And that word waiting does not mean he's just sitting around doing nothing. The word waiting, write this down, it's a word that means that he was looking intently. It wasn't just a casual observance, which is kind of how, this is true, this is how my wife drives her car. You know, she's just like driving around talking. She's not really even paying attention. She's driving me. I'm scared. That's the closest I'm ever to God is when she's driving. She's not paying attention. She's just like driving. Me, I'm focused. Because I don't want people like you to hit me. And so this word that he was waiting, it doesn't mean he was just sitting around doing nothing. It means that he walked into that temple and he was focused. He was earnestly searching intently for the one who fulfilled these Old Testament prophecies. I want you to know that it's possible for something to be right in front of you and you can't see it. I've had these sunglasses on top of my head walking around my house for an entire afternoon looking for my sunglasses. (laughs) And they're right here. There's a woman right down here wearing red. Would you stand up real quick? This woman right here. Yeah, stand, stand up. She's wearing red. Stay, stay. There's a guy right here wearing red. Stand up right here. You see that red? No, stay, stay, stay. If you're wearing red today, stand up. Everybody stand up. If you're wearing red, stand up. Come on, come on, come on. Look at all the red in here. Now, I didn't know because I really wasn't paying attention, but now that I noticed that you were wearing red, I saw that he was wearing red and you're wearing red. Now I I can see nothing but red. You all may be seated. Have you ever bought a car and you thought this is the coolest car and no one has this car? And then you get it and you drive it off the lot and you drive down the freeway and like every other car is your car. It was there all the time, you just didn't see it. I want you to know that God is here. I want you to know that God is here. You might not be able to see him, but he's here. And if you would start to search God, search for him, you say, well, I don't really believe God's real. Well, have you ever prayed, God, if you're real, will you reveal yourself to me? And if you will pray that prayer, God, I have some questions. I have some doubts. I really don't know if you're real or not. Would you reveal yourself to me? Let me tell you, God will reveal himself to you. He'll do it through the sermon. He'll do it through the scriptures. He might do it through one of the songs. But he will speak to you. And let me tell you, once you see him, you'll see him everywhere working in people's lives. If you were moved by Pastor Dudley's message tonight, We want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready to pray with you right now. Our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We are ready for any prayer requests or needs you may have. Ephesians 6 reminds us of the many gifts we have been given by God. And prayer is one of the greatest assets we have as Christians to fend off any attack by the enemy. So please don't hesitate to call us if you are alone and need to pray with someone right now. We know as Christians, our relationship with Jesus is a daily commitment and not just something we do on the weekends. We believe we have the perfect gift today 
to help you maintain your daily connection to our Lord for the coming year. Romancing Royalty is a daily devotional book designed to draw you closer to King Jesus with 365 inspirational stories, scriptures, prayers, study questions, and even a place to journal. There are more than 100 contributors to this book, including Greg Laurie, the late John Wooden, Tony Campolo, Jack Hayford, Raul Rees, and Jim Garlow, just to name a few. We know this daily devotional will be a blessing to you. It also makes the perfect holiday gift for a friend or loved one. Pastor Dudley's top-selling daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, is available right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Romancing Royalty can be yours by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order Romancing Royalty directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know there are many daily devotionals available today, but none come close to the level of insightful contributors to this book. It's our most popular seller this time of year. So we invite you to call and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.